welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine, where you can always have great suggestions for your next audiobook. I'm Robin Witten, editor of Audiophile, and this week we are focused on the selection of 2019's best audiobooks. In our special episode today, we'll be talking about the fiction, poetry, and drama audiobooks that we've chosen as best of the year. These titles give listeners a fascinating array of really great listening. And we also have a special guest, narrator Jason Culp. We'll talk with Jason shortly, but first, here are our choices for the best audiobooks in the fiction, poetry, and drama category. Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson, read by the author and an ensemble of narrators. Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, read by a full cast. The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, read by Anne Dowd and an ensemble of narrators. A Walk in the Woods by Lee Blessing, read by Alfred Molina and Stephen Weber. An American Sunrise by Joy Harjo, read by the author. And Akin by Emma Donahue, read by Jason Culp. We're so pleased to have you here with us today, Jason. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to speak with you. And what a what great company uh, my little program is in. That is so wonderful. Well, I noticed just a minute ago, you are the only single voice. So you carried the whole thing in this selection. It is really great. I love that. It's great for an old ham like me, you know, to get to play all the parts. You do indeed. So tell us a little bit what Akin is about. Akin is a, I like to think of it as a road movie of a book of two two very unlikely characters who are thrown together by virtue of their shared blood, although they've never met, uh, an old man, a, a childless old 79-year-old college professor who is widowed, lives on the Upper West Side of New York, is kind of questioning his existence at this point and wondering what he's going to do with you know the last few years of his life. And he's about to take a, a very important, sentimental, but maybe, you know, more important family journey to his homeland of Nice, France, where he was born, though he came to America as a, as a toddler, because he wants to uh, have, uh, get some questions answered about his family, specifically his mother and his grandfather, and what they were doing for the period, uh, and this is during the occupation during World War II by the Nazis in France. Because he has a, a, a terrible misgiving that maybe there was some collaboration. This is the historical part of the book that, that Emma Donahue was, you know, very interested in about the, the complexity of what it was to be occupied uh, in France during the war and how some collaborated, some did not. So he's Noah, Noah Salvaggio has never been sure. Uh, what exactly transpired in those few years that he was a child in New York and apart from his mother and grandfather. Uh, throw into the mix a sudden call out of nowhere from a social worker who uh, says, uh, you, you have a, a, a great nephew named Michael who is going to be put into foster care unless you take care of him. It's just like having a bad dream. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. 
But it turns out, no, this is the case that he's never met, who was the son of a, of a nephew that he cared for deeply, who had a very tragic short life, was married to a woman that he, he also had never met. And that woman is now in jail. And this poor kid whose grandmother has just died, who was looking after him, is going to be, you know, uh, homeless or put into the system, which is a terrible thing. Yeah. And, and off they go. And off they go. He says, you're going to come with, I'll take him, but I'm going to France on my trip. And you're coming with me. Antics follow. <laughs> they, they do indeed. Yeah. It, and it's such a wonderful pair. And you've got the 11-year-old and Noah, who's nearly 80. And that sets up a very interesting, two very distinct characters. And I'd love to have you tell us about how you approach doing the character voices. Well, funny, I, I think certain of us narrators were born into you know, certain circumstances, which just made us gravitate toward mimicry. And because that's how you develop voices. If, if something is well-written, it, it tells you exactly how it should sound. I, I, I just immediately get a good instinct. Sometimes you don't. There are some pieces of writing that, you know, the voice is never described, the people aren't described adequately, and you kind of have to make stuff up, you know. But this, I, I, I just think right away, I, I know 11-year-old kids. They're way more precocious than you imagine. I mean, I, it, it's certainly not me at 11. It's, it's, it's like a, a kid today at 11 who's got a smart mouth, who sees way more things than he ought to because everything is just so out there now. So those voices just came very naturally. Well, it's such a gift, but it's interesting because Emma Donahue's writing is so strong. And just as you say, oh, yeah. it, it, you know, the way she writes the characters gives you those clues. Yeah. So are there some things about Akin that have really uh, stayed with you? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I think I need to read her other books and she was new to me. I mean, I certainly knew about Room, but I would love to read her earlier stuff. But it, she has uh, an uncanny knack, as, especially in this book, of combining, like as I say, a time in history that she's very interested in with the personal. And obviously, she knows those, those two characters well. Um, they're so detailed and so human. Uh, I think I've heard her say that you know the, Noah is somewhat based on her father, uh-huh. who, who was a professor. And she has a 12-year-old, you know, <laughs> she knows whereof she speaks. Yeah. It, it was just such a pleasure. Um, and so what I loved about it was how streamlined it was. It just followed those two logically through the discoveries they needed to make to get to that point where they were truly, you know, bonded mm. uh, in spite of how disagreeable they found each other. Right. You know. Right. I, I I truly loved it. So we can't talk about it, about it too much anymore unless we play the clip here. So oh, hang, cool. hang on. Let's let's let everybody hear a little bit of uh, Noah and uh, Michael. As the traffic loosened, Noah began to recognize glimpses of the hills that hugged the city on three sides. High on a wooden slope, that little white dome. He pointed it out. There's the observatory for stargazing. I remember we went up there in a cart pulled by a mule. The kid looked incredulous. When was this? 
cowboy times? Mules are better than cars on a dirt track. They never slip. We nearly there. Michael let out a huge yawn. Nearly. Actually, Noah had no idea. You know, we complain about how tiring travel is, but our ancestors would have called us pussies. Coming down here from Paris used to take two weeks by road. And when you got to the River Var, just past where the airport is now, jerking his thumb over his shoulder, you had to hire local passeurs, ferrymen, to drag your carriage through the water, or carry you on their shoulders even. The kid was looking at his phone again. Ah, back to the screen. You talk a lot, dude, Michael murmured without looking up. Well, I was a teacher, but not anymore. Oh, that's a great example of how you made that dialogue really work between them. Oh, you talk a lot, dude. <laughs> I, what I love is Noah's self-consciousness of like, how am I going to connect with this kid? And he cuts me down like so bad, you know, but that's what kids do, man. Absolutely. So it's really great, Jason. Thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on having one of your audiobooks celebrated in our 2019 Best Audiobooks. Robin, I'm so grateful. Thank you very much. Uh, we've been talking about Akin by Emma Donahue with narrator Jason Culp. This has been a special Best of the Year edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. Paperback Classics is the sponsor of today's episode on Behind the Mic. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please stay tuned right here all week for more chats with narrators from some of the 2019 best audiobooks. And on our social media, we often post conversations and videos with the narrators. If you want the full list of Audiophile's best audiobooks, you can find it at audiophilemagazine.com. This is Robin Witten. Thanks for listening. <laughs>